It is Monday, March the 13th. It is a beautiful spring break day. I'm hoping you're having a great week so far. Yesterday was amazing. The weather was perfect. Actually went out skateboarding for a little bit and had lunch outside on a deck. It was very nice outside. I hope that you are at a place where you can just free yourself right now from distractions and get your heart and mind prepared to be able to hear God's voice, to receive from him. We are looking at two books today that are found in the New Testament, First and Second Thessalonians. Now, what we hope for shapes what we live for. For example, if you're hoping for a successful career, you work hard in school or at your job. Now, if you're hoping for deeper friendships, you spend that time meeting people and building relationships. The theme of hope and its present implications is central in the letters of First and Second Thessalonians. Paul previously led a group of people to faith in the city of Thessalonica. But shortly after that, and therefore, the Christ followers, the Christians, they found themselves facing persecution. Now, Paul himself had to flee the city to escape violence. So that he wrote to the Thessalonians, to reestablish contact and impart strength. The first, he first praises the Christians for continuing to flourish in their trials. And then he challenges them to keep going. I know things are hard right now, but there is a reason you can press on faithfully. Then he wrote, Christ will return. He will bring justice upon evil and oppression. And he will live with his people for eternity as he reigns in justice and in peace. So according to Paul, fixing one's hope on Jesus's return is the key to godly faithfulness, especially in the hard circumstances. Grounding oneself in the certainty of Christ's return and glorious reign just speaks deeply to the followers of Christ to press on. This won't last forever. And you will be delivered, Paul assures his reader. Now hope compels Christians to live their lives in ways that honor God and anticipate his return. What might living by hope look like in practice. In his letter, Paul lays it all out. Living by hope looks like committing oneself to holiness and sexual purity, like responding to hostility with love and generosity, like possessing peace among the members of one's community 
and building one another up. Like living responsible, right? And working hard and like living in joyful connection to Christ. Followers of Christ can turn from competing desires and live obediently to God because they see things from the proper perspective. Any present discomfort or sacrifice is nothing in comparison to the glory that is to come in Christ's return. Now, while the implications of following Christ are great, the life of a Christian is not a burdened one. Believers are called to live a life holy and pleasing to God. But they are to do so resting upon the faithfulness of God to work this out through him and through them. They are to rely on his power. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Christians have the power of Christ within them who himself suffered to the greatest extent imaginable, enduring rejection, hostility, and even death to secure salvation and establish his kingdom. Are there ways in which your faith has led you to suffer? To face social exclusion or mistreatment, to forego opportunities that would not glorify God, to expand costly energy and sacrificial love for another. You see, in First and Second Thessalonians, it unites us with Christians across the ages who have suffered for Christ and remind us that we follow in the footsteps of our Savior. They lift our eyes from our circumstances and set our gaze on what is to come. Christ will return. He will bring justice upon evil and oppression. And he will live with his people for eternity as he reigns in justice and peace. Take hope. Today, I want you to ask God to anchor you in the hope of Christ's return. And spend a few moments with him today, processing with God how this hope might shape your current living. God, we thank you for today. We glory in all that you do and all that you've done. We just worship you and magnify you. Father, be with us today. Walk with us today. Guide our footsteps today. May our eyes stay on you and nothing else. May we listen for your voice. 
God, I just pray that you would heal the hearts of those that need healing, whether they're broken, hurt, discouraged, overwhelmed. Lord, I pray today that those are the hearts that you just touched today. Speak life into them, Lord. Embrace them today, God. Thank you, Father, for all you're doing. Pour out your hope upon the hopeless. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for spending some time with God today. My heart is that you would just have a hunger for God's word. Just get in it, dive in it deep, and just allow God to speak to you. If you're not doing much this week, I encourage you to just spend a little bit more time with God than you would on a busy weekly when you're doing homework and stuff. But I pray that this week you would spend a little bit more time with God, a little bit more time with your family, a little bit more time with those that count, that matter, that mean something to you. Love on them. This has been your daily dip.